Good morning and welcome to worship today at Kern Church. My name is Will and I'm the pastor. It's great to be with you all today. If you're new here, I want to say a special word of welcome. Thanks for, uh, thanks for worshiping with us today. Uh, who, wherever you are and wherever you come from, I, I hope that today you're able to be present uh, just with God and with one another to, uh, to see what God has in store for you today as you open up your hearts. Uh, if you're joining us online, I want to say a special word of welcome. Thank you also for, for joining us that way. And, and after the crazy snow and the ice, I know that I'm, I'm glad to be around folks again and, and uh, glad not to be hibernating at home. And so, uh, so I, I thank you for, uh, for worshiping with us this morning. Well, right now, I want to say a, a word of prayer as we enter into worship. God, thank you so much for, uh, for joining us here. Thank you so much for, uh, for all the ways that, that you, you you move in our lives. I, I pray that, that your spirit is blessed as, as people worship you this day. And uh, wherever they're worshiping, whether they're here or at home or just somewhere else, God, and, and may you open the hearts of each one to receive whatever it is that you want for them this day. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. You know, it took a while, but uh, the snow ha has finally melted, or at least except the piles that are really dirty. Um, and uh, we're able to, to get out and Things are finally thawed out from the epic snow, and now we just have the epic rain, and, and it just is what it is. And, and um, you know, when we gathered last time uh, for worship in person, it's been two weeks ago, and there were, there were folks at the time that kept talking about this snow that was coming, and I didn't believe them for the life of me. I, I thought they were crazy. I was so ambivalent about this uh, supposed coming snowstorm. I don't think I've ever been more wrong about the weather. Uh, thankfully, thankfully though, after worship and, um, and, and, some, uh, and, and some meetings, I went to the grocery store on the way home just out of like peer pressure and got my milk and bread so that uh, we could be well stocked. I don't think I really got much else. Um, but I spent less than $100 and, and um, it's a great way to... to, uh, to uh, like make your food stretch to not be able to go back out to the grocery store. Um, and, and so it is a joy for me at least to, to, be, to be back with you all and, and uh, with others that we'll, we'll see today. And I, I kind of want just to take a, a census of those that, that are here and uh, think back to when you might have been in school, and maybe they still do this today, but when I was in school, the, the teacher would read the role and, and, and they'd go, around, go down and then check present here, think about Ferris Bueller's day off and, you know, Bueller, 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 so that's a... A joke for some and not for others. Uh, so, well, you know, anyways, but, um, uh, and I just want to, to invite you, if you're here today, even if you're online, and this is kind of weird if you're joining us online, just, just, you know, say, I'm here. So if you're here, say, I'm here. I'm here too. I'm here too. Well, welcome. I'm so glad you're here. It is great to see uh, some smiling faces. I'm so glad you're here. Today is a day where people who are following after the ways of Jesus and where people who might be seeking to figure out who Jesus is are, are, are joining together to meet one another and also joining together to worship God in special ways. And so if you're here today, I am so thankful that you're here. I'm so thankful to be here with you. And here's the reality though. You may be here right now, but if we're honest, you might not be here for long. And you might be here in present, you might have your body here, but um, your mind, unless you get up to go to the restroom or like leave, uh, your mind, um, your body may still be here, but your mind not, might not be here. Your mind might be somewhere else. Your attention might end up being somewhere else. 
you'll be here now, but then, then you get a text message and, 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 and you realize that that, that text message is, is, is invading on your, your, your mind and so either you try to actively ignore it, but then you start worrying about what it might be and so you look at the text message and then you respond to it or just set it down. And then if you've picked up your phone and you're like me, you're like, oh, my finger knows what to do and so I need to check the weather. It's still kind of nasty outside. You don't really have to check the weather. Um, or you need to check your email or you need to check Facebook or Instagram or whatever the case may be and then you just end up being somewhere else or maybe you're, you're, you're here in present and it's not, a, it's not an alert that's got your attention but you're under a deadline at work and, and you've got um, what they call it like the Sunday scaries and you start worrying about what's going to happen tomorrow. I don't get the Sunday scaries. Sunday's the first day of my work week. So like, I don't have that. Um, it maybe happens on Saturday night, but that's okay. And so, you know, you start worrying about what's going to happen at work or what's going to happen at school, the deadlines that you have. You know, wh- am I going to be able to, to, to get all this into the post office, to mail these bills off, to pay these taxes, whatever the case may be. And you start thinking about all these things. And you may be here, but your mind is already somewhere, somewhere else. Are you still here? Are any of, of, of you or even me still here? Are, are we here? And here's the deal. The odds are not in your favor, okay? Uh, researchers at Harvard found that, that uh, 47% of people's waking hours is spent with their minds wondering. So about half the time, your mind is wondering on something else, something other than where your body is. And, and so you're, you're, you're thinking about, you're spending time devoted to it on something other than what you're doing. And they call this, they call this mind wandering, where, where your mind just kind of wonders. You're wondering and, and thinking about things and perhaps analyzing your events in the past. You're like, should I have done this better? Could I have been, did I say something that offended that person? Or maybe you, you spend your time mind wondering about things that are, that are going to happen in the future and trying to plan for, for how to get the doctor's visits in and how to get the kids to this and to that and, and to figure out your schedule. Or maybe you end up, you know, your mind wanders to things that, that might happen but might also not happen. And so you spend your time worrying about and considering things that might never happen at all. And researchers have found that for whatever reason, this, this mind wandering is kind of the brain's default mode of, of operation. And, and, it, and it involves oftentimes playing a couple of games. Do you ever play the when-then game or the what-if game? You know, when I'm an adult, then I will get a real job and be happy. Uh, or, or when um, I, I get married, then it will be life will be great, and and it is. If you're married to my wife, you're like, yeah, life is great. That turned out, um, you know, when when uh, when uh, the the kids get a little bit older, then we will finally get a, a date night. Or, or when I retire, then I will get to enjoy life, and then I'll really be able to travel or or do whatever. This this when then when things happen then I will get it. And if you're not playing the when-then game, maybe you're playing the, the what-if game. Have you ever played that game? What if I don't pass the test? What if I get passed over for the promotion? What if my industry is taken over by, by artificial intelligence? Like That's a real question right now, especially among uh, young people who are graduating in the professional 
professional world? What if I can't afford the house of my dreams? What if, what if the economy tanks and, and I'm left with nothing? What if there's another pandemic? What, what if there's a, a snowstorm that, that keeps us locked at home for you know, a 12-day weekend? What if, what if, what, you know, what, what if? And when you play the, the when-then game or the, the what-if game, you go, what happens is you go through life kind of wishing away the present. You go through life wishing away the current moment. You go through life living for the next when. Whenever that is, whenever you, maybe when you get to go on your next vacation or when you get to do this, you live your life uh, on the next when so that you can then go actually live your life or you go through life worrying about the what-ifs of what may happen or what may not happen. And the truth is, if you're constantly living in the when-thens or worrying about the what-ifs, you're never going to be able to be truly happy because you're really consumed with waiting and with worry. And, and the truth is that the average person, they will spend a, a, about a five years of their life. So the average person will spend about five years of your life dedicated to worry, taking time away from today. So those same researchers who studied mind-wandering also found a correlation between how often your minds leave the present and the amount of happiness a person has. In fact, they found an inverse correlation. So the more time that your mind wanders, the more unhappy that a person is. And they found that, that oftentimes what it actually is is that mind-wandering is the cause of your unhappiness. And so maybe that, that leaves you wondering, is there a, a better way? Is there a better way that doesn't, doesn't make me think about the when-thens or the what-ifs? Is there a better way than, 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 than of living that, that might be able to focus on today or to focus on, on, on things that are really important? And the reality is that Jesus lived a better way. Jesus lived a, a better way, and Jesus offers you a better way of living. And the way of living that Jesus lived, he was always somebody who was about living in the present and living in today. And the reality is, is that when you are present in your moment, when you are present in the moment, your best days are now. When you're present in the moment, your best days are now. And that's something that Jesus lived, and that's something that he invites you to live. One of the most amazing things about the life of, of Jesus, in my opinion, and it just kind of blows me away, is that Jesus had about three years of, 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 like, of his career as, as, a, as like the Savior. I mean, he was always the Savior uh, for his whole life, I guess. But, but he had three years where he was really focused in on it. And he only had three years to change the world. And, and, and he, he did it. And he had this agenda and this whole big thing to try to teach people about God and to heal people and to help people find newness and new life. And he had three years to do it. And so he had a mountain of things to do. But even as he had a mountain of things to do, Jesus was always interested and always took time in the moment. Always took time with the people that he was with, even though he had this huge goal, goal to accomplish. One time... Jesus was with his friends, and, and they were about to get ready to go on a trip to Jerusalem. And, and, it, and it just seemed as if there were always a whole bunch of people around Jesus. Now, 
If you're anything like me and you're on a mission, you don't want to have to deal with a whole bunch of people trying to slow you down. Like, if I have to go to Knoxville to go do errands, I don't want to be slowed down by other things because it, it takes a while to get there and it takes a while to do what I need to do and get back. And, and like, I don't want to be gone all day. And so if there are things that get in my way, I get perturbed. I get upset. And what happens is you find time and time again, people get in Jesus' way. And those around him get perturbed, and those around him get upset. But Jesus does something different. And instead of seeing these obstacles and these people in his way as actually people in his way, he instead takes time and spends time with these folks. Here's, what, um, here's a couple of things, a couple of examples of this. And I'm going to share these examples out of the book of Luke. And, and Luke was a follower of Jesus, and he just kind of gives us some things that Jesus did. And so if you want to go back, I'm not going to read a whole bunch of the scripture here, but if you want to go back and look at this, just make a note. This is from Luke chapter 18. If you want to kind of read some of these different things yourself and study a little bit deeper. But, but one time Jesus was with, was with folks, he was doing things, and people started bringing their babies to Jesus, all their kids. Now, when, if I'm someplace and I'm not going to intentionally be around kids, like, I start, and they all start swarming me, I'm going to be getting worried about, like, well, which one's got the cold I'm going to get? Which one's got that stomach bug? I know they were up last night throwing up, and their, their parents bringing them around anyways because they have obligations, right? And I know they had a fever, and it was less than 24 hours ago that that was resolved. And, and so all these people are bringing all their snot-nosed kids to Jesus, and, and Jesus' followers, his close disciples, are doing what they're supposed to do, and they're trying to protect Jesus. And he says, get these kids away from Jesus. He doesn't have time. He's got to, he doesn't need to get sick. He's got important things to do. Uh, but Jesus scolds those who are trying to keep the kids away from Jesus because Jesus knows that when you're in the present moment, your best days are now. And Jesus rebukes those who are trying to keep the kids away. And He welcomes the kids. He welcomes them in. And in fact, He says this in, in Luke chapter 18, Allow the children to come to Me. Allow them to come to Me. Don't forbid them because God's kingdom belongs to children like these. And so Jesus spent time with these kids and was fully present with them. Then just after Jesus spends his time with these kids, somebody comes up to him and is like, hey, do you have a minute? Always, people come up to you, you're headed out the door, you've got a whole mountain of things to do. Hey, do you have a minute? And, and that doesn't mean, do you actually have a minute? Because they have, they have something really important, and it's usually not a minute. It usually turns into a big conversation. And so, you know, you could say, no, I don't have a minute, and move on. Um, or, or you just say yes, and your time gets sabotaged. And so Jesus has all these different obligations, or these different things to do. But somebody comes up to them and asks him a really important question, and, and he takes the time. In fact, what, what, what this guy says is, says, do you... Do you know what, it, what I must do to obtain eternal life? Well, and that's not an easy question. Like, that's a big question. But what does Jesus do? He stops and he spends time with this guy, talking to him about what he must do to obtain eternal life, talking to him about some of the questions and some of the things that matter the most in life. Jesus spends time with him. And then, after all this stuff is happening and a few other things, they're finally getting out of town. They're on their way, they're in Jericho. They're on their way out of Jericho, about ready to head to Jerusalem. And there's this beggar, and this beggar starts yelling at Jesus. Hey, Jesus! Hey, Jesus! And, and his, his, his followers, 
his disciples, those that are closest to him, are trying to protect him again. And they tell the guy to shut up. Hey, leave him alone. You know, he doesn't need to bother with you. There's this blind beggar that's yelling at Jesus, trying to get Jesus' attention. And, and everybody surrounding Jesus is trying to protect Jesus. It's like, just get away. Just get away from him. Leave him alone. He's got important things to do. I mean, I remember I, uh, when I was... When I was in college, I worked at a, at a law firm in the city, and, and I was a, a courier. And so what I did is I ran around town delivering mail and, you know, filing briefs or whatever the case may be, picking up lunch for people. Um, you hope there's leftovers so you can get, eat the crumbs off the table kind of thing. But anyways, and, and, and I learned at this time never to carry cash in my wallet because when somebody asks you on the street if you have money and you don't have money, you don't have to give it. Like that, that was like ingrained that in me. I knew that I had things to do, so I didn't carry cash with me. So I could always tell people no. But Jesus, he doesn't do this. He rebukes those who are trying to, trying to send this beggar away, to send this blind beggar away. He doesn't. He doesn't rebuke the guy. and said, Jesus stops. He stops. And he's fully present with the man and asks him what he wants. And the guy's like, I just want to be able to see. So Jesus spends his time and stops and he heals the man. And he receives his sight. He was present in the moment. And when you're present in the moment, your best days are now. And to be honest, these things keep happening time and time again, especially right here that Luke is telling us about. Jesus continues to encounter different people, and sometimes really really hurt and broken people, and he just spends time with them, takes time with them in the moment. And, and, and Jesus is always present in the moment, and if it, I don't know about you, but I want to be that way. I wish I was that way. I want to be able to, when my, when, my, when my one-year-old brings me a book and puts it on my lap and says, book, I, I want to be in that moment. When my wife comes up to me after, uh, after she's been at work and I've been um, you know, working and, and, and she says something, I, w- I want to be in that moment. When, 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 um, when my mom calls me and, 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 and she you know, calls me and, and we start talking, I want to be in that moment and not thinking about something else. When, when, somebody, when somebody comes up to me and asks me a question, I want to be in that moment. When I'm, when I'm doing some of my favorite things, I, I want to be in that moment. I don't want to be thinking about other things. But the reality is, so often, you and I allow our minds to wonder We don't get to experience that. We don't get to experience that time in the moment with the people that matter the most. Because when you play the when-then game or the what-if game, and I'll I'll give you another game, the complaining about today game. When you play these games of of complaining about today and wondering about the when-thens and the what-ifs, when you do this, you never get the chance to live in the moment. You never get to live in the moment. And you will... If you never live in the moment, you will never live this better way of Jesus. And you'll never really experience the happiness that I know that you want in life. And so for those of you that are experts at the when-then games and the what-if games and the complaining about today games, Jesus has something to say to you. And I think he has something to say to me here. And and what I want to share with you is this teaching of Jesus about, about being present in the moment And it comes from Matthew, who's another one of the followers of Jesus, like Luke, that that writes down the stories about Jesus. And so uh, Matthew tells us uh, this this teaching of Jesus in Matthew chapter 6, where Jesus says this, Therefore I say to you, don't worry about your life, 
Well, it's easy for you to say, Jesus, right? Don't worry about your life, about, about what you'll eat or about what you'll, you'll, you'll drink. Isn't life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds in the sky. They don't sow seed or harvest grain or gather crops into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Aren't you worth much more than they are? Who among you, by worrying, can add a single moment to your life. Now, that's an indictment. Who, you know, who's adding a single moment to your life by worrying? I mean, you know the answer to that. Who, who, who among you it, it can... Uh, I just read that. Uh, so why do you worry? Why do you worry about your clothes? Notice the lilies of the field, how they grow. They don't wear themselves out with work. They don't spin cloth. But I say to you, even Solomon in all of his splendor wasn't dressed like one of these. So if God dresses grass in the field so beautifully... Even though it's alive today and tomorrow it'll be thrown into the furnace, won't God do much more for you, you people of weak faith? Therefore, don't worry. Don't worry. And say, what are we going to eat? Or what are we going to drink? Or what are we going to wear? Gentiles long for these things, but your heavenly Father knows that you need them. Instead, desire first and foremost God's kingdom and God's righteousness, and these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, stop worrying about tomorrow. Stop worrying about tomorrow because tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. I know that's true. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Jesus says, don't waste your life thinking and worrying about the when-thens or the what-ifs. Who's ever added a single moment to your life by worrying about these things? And instead, you know the opposite is true. The average person, if you experience an average amount of worry in your life, you will waste away about five years of your lifespan given away to just focusing on worry. Worrying about tomorrow or worrying about the past only takes time from your life and it takes time from today and from the present. So if worrying steals life from you and from me, Why does it persist? Why does it continue? Why do you continue to do it? Why do I continue to do it? Well, what Jesus just told us is that worry and not living in the moment, it continues because you lack faith. I lack faith. That that you lack faith that that God will provide. That you lack faith that, that God will heal. That you lack faith that God is present with you. That there's something that you just don't believe that, or that I don't believe that, that God is going to take care. Now, if you're not a fully uh, devoted follower of Jesus, you're like, of course I lack faith that God is going to provide. I'm not really even bought into this right now. Um, but, but if you're a follower of Jesus and trying to live your life more closely to the way of Jesus, Jesus is like, God will take care. And God will continue to be there with you. One who who was a devoted follower of God and who wrote songs about it, a guy by the name of David, he he once wrote this and said, this is the day that the Lord has made. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. What's the day? It could be any day, but, but David said, this is the day that the Lord has made, regardless of whatever day it is. And so because the Lord has made this day, we will rejoice and be glad in it. David knew that today is the day the Lord has made. And when you live in the day, when you live today, you can rejoice and be glad in it. it it's almost as if David knew what God is trying to tell us, that, that when you live in the present moment, your best days are now. If you can recognize God today, you can live your best day today rejoicing and being glad. So I want to go back to that Harvard study about mind wandering. They found that 
that you and I, when we're not present in the moment, when our minds are, are wondering, you are often less happy. So, so if you spend most of your time letting your mind wander, you're going to be less happy. And what they have found is that this is true even if your mind is wandering to pleasant topics. It doesn't really do anything if you're thinking about pleasant things that aren't related to today to, to cause you to rejoice, to cause you to live your best days now. And this is even true if you're in a bad mood and you're like, I'm in a bad mood, so I'm going to think about this nice vacation I had one time. It's a pleasant memory. But then maybe you start feeling bad. Well, I wish I could feel you know, that, that good today. And, and you start worrying and, about your own life. And, and so when you think about pleasant things to try to make up for the hardships of today, it doesn't really help. And the reason that I think mind-wandering doesn't help um, is that it promotes, is, is that it takes your mind somewhere where you are not. And so the reason why mind-wandering uh, it doesn't really promote happiness and kind of promotes unhappiness is because it takes you away from where you are. And, and here's, the, here's the deal. There are things that you can't do if you're not there. For example, you can't be happy where you're not. So if you're not present in today, you can't be happy there. If your mind is somewhere else, you're not going to be happy wherever you are. And if you're trying to follow Jesus and you're trying to serve Jesus, another thing that you can't be is that you can't serve Jesus where you're not. And so if you're trying to follow, follow Jesus in your life and trying to, to help other people, you can't serve other people. You can't help, um, you can't serve the cause of Jesus if you are somewhere else because you're just not there. And the other thing, and I think for those of you, uh, for most of us, this is one of the most important things, is that you can't love people where you're not. You can't love people where you're not. So if your mind is always wondering, you can't love your spouse if you're not with your spouse. You can't love your kids and spend time with your kids or your grandkids if you're not there, if you're not with them, if your mind is somewhere else. You can't love the people in your life that matter most if you are not there with them. And the better way, the better way is the way of Jesus. The better way is the way of being present in the moment, whatever the moment is, because when you're present in the moment, your best days are now. Your best days are now. Now, I want you to know that it's easy to be distracted, and I want you to know that your mind will wonder, because this is just kind of part of who we are as humans. For some reason, we have this thing, and our mind will wonder. But I want to give you one thing and suggest that there's one thing that you can do to just kind of help this, to follow after the better way of Jesus. Is that when, when your mind starts to wonder, or you start to play the win-then game, or the what-if game, don't beat yourself up. Don't beat yourself up and then say, I failed, or, or start doing anything like that. Don't beat yourself up. Instead, just give it to God. Give it to God. Acknowledge that your mind has wondered. Acknowledge that your mind has wondered, and just, just pray a simple prayer. God, give me today. God, give me today. Whatever's going on, wherever your mind is wandering, just, just pause and, 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 and just, just accept that your mind has wandered and, and focus instead on this simple prayer, God, give me today. And, and when you do this, you may have to pray this prayer a hundred times. I know that, that I've started praying this prayer and, and I have to pray it multiple times. Like, I'm really bad. I, I forget. I forget that I'm supposed to be present in reality. So I'm like, God, give me today. God, give me today. And then like 10 minutes later, God, give me today because I need to stop thinking about this other stuff that I have to do. God, give me today. But when you start 
to pray this prayer, or when you start to pray a prayer like it, what will happen is I think that it begins to serve as kind of a mental anchor that when your mind starts to worry or when your mind starts to wonder is that you have this prayer to bring you back to the present. You have this prayer to ask God to just center you back to today, to help you be present like Jesus in the moment. And the thing is, God has so much that God wants for you for today. God wants grace for you today. God wants forgiveness for you today. God wants freedom for you today. God wants God wants blessing and purpose for you today. God wants you to live your best days now. And when you're present in the moment, your best days are now. So just pray. Whenever your mind starts to wonder, God, give me today. And let that little mental prayer be an anchor to help draw you, help draw you back to today, to the present moment. And so I just want to ask you, just repeat that. God, give me today. Can you repeat that with me? God, give me today. One more time. God, give me today. And I just want to invite you to take that with you, take that prayer with you. If you've got a, if you're here in person and you've got a bulletin, you, that's written. That prayer is written in your bulletin in the next steps, and so just take that with you as a reminder. Um, if, you're, if you're joining us online, maybe you can just write a note to say, God, give me today and remember that. So are you ready to live in the present? Are you ready to live in the present? Are you ready to live your best days now? If so, if so, just ask God to help you. God, give me today. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much. That even though we sometimes sabotage ourselves by playing mind games of the when then or the what ifs, that, that you give us a way. That you give us an example of, in, in Jesus to, to, follow after, to follow after a different way. To live for the present. To be present in each moment and to live our, our best days now. So I pray for each one who is hearing these words that you'll open their hearts and, and help them to, to see how, how they can be more present with those around them and maybe be more present with you too. And, and how they can also pray this prayer, God, give me today. And may this prayer, God, give me today, be an anchor on their hearts and an anchor on their lives. It's in your name I pray. Amen. Well, may today be a glorious day as you seek to live your best day now and as you seek to be present, present in the moment. And may you just, let's just, as we close today, let's just say this simple prayer, God, give me today. Can you pray that with me? God, give me today. May you be blessed this day and every day. Go in peace. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you want to reach out to Kern Memorial United Methodist Church or see entire services, you can visit our YouTube channel, Kern Memorial United Methodist Church, and remember to like and subscribe for updates. You can also visit us on our Facebook page at Kern Memorial United Methodist Church. Thanks and have a blessed day.